This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Good evening, everyone. This is Chris. That was nice. nice. I, I was going to say good evening. Now I'm sort of out. Uh, I am Jesse. <laughs> good. It might. God, finish. I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I don't know. On your toes. Yeah. Good night. Good that's day. Like, yeah. Good that's, that's good. Start off the podcast. Good night, everyone. That's... Well, why is good evening like a welcome, but good night is like a closing goodbye? Uh, evenings when the party gets started. That's true. Night is when you want to get everyone out of your house. That's good night. Good get night. out. <laughs> well, we, we understand it may not be evening or night when you listen to this podcast. So, Good, whatever respective time it yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, the Earth may have stopped rotating. <sighs> there may be no night and day. The or, the Earth cycle. Was, or the Earth was flat and never rotated to begin with. Uh, that's the that's the real. <laughs> I do. <laughs> no. I did. I did get a message, and this is a, a shout out, longtime listener Vince, who messaged me, and and I guess I made reference to the Mothman, and he said good. he wanted more Mothman content. <laughs> Yes. I don't know if we're going to deliver more, this week. <laughs> more <laughs> conspiracy theories on the Mothman Was prophecies. Mothman West Virginia, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Virginia and West Virginia, right? Uh, uh, I, no, maybe it is just West Virginia. Yeah. Either way. The oh, because that's right. We, we talked about the New River, right? And yeah. 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 I was, guess that's where Mothman came. I was trying to figure out the New River where Mothman came in. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. It doesn't matter. I'll talk about Mothman <laughs> all day, every day. But. Other than Mothman, what are we talking about this evening, gentlemen, or or this day? I think we're talking this, about this... the Mothman now. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. what we, got we just kind of w- fell yeah. into this one. Yeah. So it was a cold Sunday evening when Mothman met Sasquatch. Ooh, like were, was there animus between them, or were they friends? Uh, at first, they were timid towards each other. Okay, but then it became a, a great lifelong friendship. Good. Uh, they they still they have a cabin up in the Adirondacks now, you know. They occasionally vacation back down in West Virginia. Did you say it's, it's, and, Adirondacks? <laughs> Adirondacks? You said That's, Adirondacks. I'm making all this up on the fly. You should be impressed. <laughs> I I consider because in my heart, Catskills are first, and the Adirondacks are a second. So they're the Adirondacks and and those and those rocks. <laughs> you know the land of chairs. Can't wait wow. to get, get some emails from Adirondack people. Yeah. Panther Mountain people. Oof. Oof. Well, welcome everyone to the Geology <laughs> Flannel Cast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thanks for uh thanks for stopping by. If this is and uh this is about par for the course, so you're welcome. <laughs> this is this is what we offer here. Uh if it's not your first time listening, thanks for coming back. You know, we appreciate it. Uh, we are, in case you didn't know, we are the premier geology podcast out there on the internet, um, self-proclaimed. Yeah, come at okay. me, bro. But uh, <laughs> welcome, everyone. Thanks for thanks for um, thanks for coming by today. Thanks uh, for yeah, spending some time hanging out. Yeah, much like Sasquatch and Mothman yeah. coming together. I appreciate all of us timidly coming together. I do becoming lifelong friends by the end of this hour. Yeah. 
Timidly or excitedly? Well, timid at first. Yeah, it could be both. (laughs) Some cold feet at first. Yeah, we'll warm those feet up. Don't worry. Cautiously optimistic. How about that? I've got butterflies to the wind. Butterflies in my stomach, and you know, butterflies and moths are basically the same. Basically. Yeah, pretty excited for the emails from the etymologist, entomologist, or bug, bug people, and and the word people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, if this is your first time checking us out, well, uh, you know, hey, just just get it out of your system. I'll give you guys thirty more seconds. Just get it out of your system. No, no, all right. No, no, no. Is there anything else you'd like to add about? Your Mothman conspiracies or. Well, all right. So where Sasquatch is from and where Mothman is from have what in common when it comes to the rocks? Oh, good segue. Thanks. No, wait a minute. Uh Go ahead. Finish it up. Finish it up. Metamorphic rocks. It depends on where you consider Sasquatch. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're completely wrong. I'm going to. You're. We're going to edit that out. All right. No, we're not going to edit that out. That whole thing you just said was completely wrong. All right. Every everybody knows Sasquatch is from upstate PA. There, there's, there's some truth. Yeah, and where's Mothman from? West Virginia. And so what are you trying West to Virginia say? rocks, Pennsylvania, North, you know, central PA rocks. If you ever look at a map, like a heat map or any map of uh, Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings, I'm just going to throw that in there. Yes. 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 Consistently in like the it. top five. <laughs> I feel like Chris is really close to checking out tonight. <laughs> so I'm just trying to call. figure what was that? Was that try, like, were you trying to do like a transition or something like that? Or I something? was. I was trying to get us to our actual topic of metamorphic rocks. And yes, that's what I'm trying to say. They have nothing to do with metamorphic rocks because what's the stuff in West Virginia where the Mothman would be would be all sedimentary rocks. Yeah, it's not. Listen, no, there. Mothman's all over. It's West Allegheny Virginia. Plateau. Yeah, no, Allegheny no, no. Plateau slash Cumberland Plateau. Nope. Do they even have metamorphic rocks in West Virginia? I don't just think so. You shut your mouth. Of course they do. And then Central Pennsylvania, that's <laughs> Every, all sedimentary. There has to be metamorphic rocks in West Virginia. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm made, they, they have that yeah. arm that goes out. Yeah, the basement. They do have that arm. Do they have a yeah. name for that arm? Yeah, it's called the metamorphic arm. <laughs> That'd be incredible. <laughs> really stick it to us here. That was all right. I mean, so, ladies, welcome to the last and final episode of the final cast. This is, this is what does it. This is, <laughs> this is our final hurrah. Uh, We've imploded, time. and we only have ourselves to blame. <laughs> all right, uh, we're talking about metamorphic rocks. I don't know. Anyways, just disregard uh, everything just... that was said for the last five minutes. I did not bring up Mothman. I did not bring up Sasquatch. Or did I? Either way, we're back on topic. You might have brought up Sasquatch. Mm. <laughs> I, you did bring up Sasquatch. I'm, I'm looking at a just a general map of West Virginia geology. And uh, I do not see. There's nothing, right? It's, it's, it's all, all sedimentary. sedimentary. It's all on nope. the plateau. There's, nope. there's some igneous. There's some, but it's mainly. Contact sedimentary. metamorphism. There, yeah, maybe there's some some. But big, then in, in, in Central Pennsylvania, that's all. There's no uh, Sasquatch no, you, in Central. Uh, you, you, 
you, right. you get some metamorphics in central Pennsylvania. Unless uh, you want to call like, no, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even getting the semantics. I don't, um, I, I like, I'm not even going to entertain this. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just where, pressing the restart Sasquatch. button right now. <laughs> Welcome to the geology flannel cast, everybody. The <laughs> premier geology podcast on the internet. Today, uh-huh. our topic is metamorphic rocks, which has nothing to do with everything else that you've just heard today with this incoherent ramblings that you <laughs> wait apologize for the they they have part of the blue ridge complex which is some granite and nice in nice what part of west virginia has like uh the panhandle part thingy no no down down through through the mountains they got some according to this close, geology close to the like it has to be like eastern west virginia right it's, it's easternmost right no, it's in the west. It's in the western. It's in uh, like uh, Bedford County, if you're familiar with the counties. Uh, yeah. Booyakasha justified. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, I'll send it over to you. I like it. Metamorphic rocks. How about them? They're, I, you know, hot and squishy. That's what I like to say. <laughs> this is a geologic map of Virginia, not West Virginia. Oh, you are correct. <laughs> You, <laughs> I just saw the Virginia. Wow. Anywho, I should have. But you know, the western side of Virginia would be the eastern side. Welcome to the geology flannel cast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. Right? <laughs> what? Metamorphic, this is ridiculous. Wow, that was. Yeah, that's my bad. You wanted take, to talk about Mothman. That's, I did. That's my fault. Because I was All thinking right. like Western West Virginia is like underneath yeah. Ohio. And it like, is. <laughs> yeah. You get into the, what is it? The Cincinnati dome, the Cincinnati arch there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Maddie, yeah. Patreon brings up. I'm, I'm a geologist, not a geographer. Yeah. So, so if you're interested in becoming a Patreon, uh, there is a few tiers of our Patreon uh, sponsorship who get to listen live and listen to this wonderfulness. <laughs> as we, uh, uh, fumble and argue our way through the intro of this wonderful There's a lot of stress and strain going on right now this podcast, which yeah. leads to metamorphic rocks yes uh, yeah and look chris hasn't broken yet so tremendous Ooh. pressure leads to diamonds ladies and gentlemen all right so metamorphic rocks <laughs> or, or rocks a change they, they get altered yeah uh, right i mean yeah. they get altered but how? How does it change? How does it get altered? You need some uh, two things. Heat and pressure. Well, 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 well. Mm. Yeah. All right, yeah. three things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if Shawshank Redemption taught me anything, <laughs> which is a line from the intro. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but basically, temperature Andy, and pressure. Andy Dufresne. Yeah. Andy Dufresne. 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 Yeah. Okay. Heat and pressure, right? So let's just let's start well, off let's in the intro. Off. It's pressure and time, but I forget what our intro is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, okay, Ruff, this is a this is like a throwback episode where it takes us forty five minutes to get to the topic. <laughs> so we should. Uh, why don't we real fast just talk about like the rock cycle? And, well, first, okay, maybe uh, be- before any of this. We wouldn't have fumbled so much had we outlined this episode. Oh, that is a very good point. How, how would I go about learning how to make an outline? How would you? Oh, I know. We could go to our sponsor, the formatting formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash 
uh, formatting formula, the premier word format documenting wizard. That's what I'm going to call them, a wizard, because they are fantastic. Um, so Formatting Formula has been a wonderful sponsor of the podcast, and we would like to continue to have them be a wonderful member of the podcast. Um, check them out for all your Word document formatting needs, anything from just inserting headers or footers or uh, hyperlinks or um, they fancily uh, hyperlink your table of contents. So if you're scrolling through your table of contents and you just, I want to go to chapter four, you click on it, bam, brings you right to it. It's pretty, 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 pretty darn impressive if you ask me. And so they can take your document, like, you know, the, the crap storm of a document that I usually have and I throw it at them and then they make it pretty. They fix it up. They format it, the everything, all the margins line up and everything, all the numberings correct. And then they send it back to me and it's fantastic. Or they actually have videos on YouTube on how you can teach yourself, like teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime kind of thing. So check them out, uh, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. And most importantly, tell them the geology flannel cast sent you. So like them, subscribe them. And then while you're in YouTube, like us, subscribe to us. We love it. Tell, tell, tell all your friends, August. Ooh, good one. <laughs> Thanks. Worked on that one a lot. <laughs> Very good. Steve. All right. So yes, back to our, our ramblings because we did not format this word document. Uh, temperature, pressure, and time. I, uh, you know, what if you have, I, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. Impact metamorphism. Is time really a factor? So time. So no, time time doesn't necessarily play a role here yeah i mean it obviously time is always on the table so to speak yeah so time matters if we're thinking about how rocks change shape if they're when so changing shape when something changes shape especially when we think about rocks we talk about deformation so it's changing its volume changing its shape and so if if it brittily deforms versus ductily deforms time comes into play there because it's the rubber band analogy right if you stretch a rubber band really slowly you can stretch it out really far but if you apply the same force or the same stress which is just force over area uh really quickly the rubber band will break and so time does i guess play a role in how the rock behaves when we think about how the you know, the actual change, you know, a metamorphic change, there, there's different ways rocks can change um, from their initial, what we would call parent state or parent rock, protolith. Nice. So uh, speaking of brittle deformation, there was a 2.2 earthquake in Maryland today, huh. and it was heard in Delaware where I was working. Actually, the, the formatting formula called me and said, hey, I heard this loud noise and it scared the crap out of me. You know, what up with that? Like, it was an earthquake. How come you didn't tell me? And I'm like, I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> you didn't tell me. <laughs> exactly. I was like, uh, sorry. I, I didn't know. So, uh, yeah. But they heard it first, huh. which is cool. So, huh. yeah. Anyway, that's that. That would be 
brittle deformation where the rocks actually break. Yeah. So we're talking more about ductile deformation. Well, yeah. Carry on, Chris. So, well, the, well there's those real fans. Before we move on, there's there's the, an, another factor associated with metamorphism. That's also um, hydrothermal fluids. Yeah, fluids. Flu- and so, um, basically, we're gonna need, there's there's a couple different. Well, the water moving through the rock is going to really take take charge of the chemical reactions that are uh, occurring. So, it's gonna be a lot. Of, we're gonna talk today about fair amount of, well, not gonna get like into the weeds of the chemical reactions, but we'll, we'll, we'll mention, we'll briefly skim the chemistry stuff on, uh, on what goes on, but the water is important because it's moving dissolved minerals and dissolved materials around and introducing it to other places. And that's going to, that's going to contribute to the, the chemical reactions for these minerals to, um, basically recrystallize and start growing again. Yeah. And it, like if you, you alter the chemistry, so the defining characteristic of a mineral, it, the one thing is its chemical composition, right? And so if you alter its chemistry, you alter, you change what it is. And that's what metamorphism is. You're changing what the rock or what the minerals are. And um, <clears throat> the thing to sort of keep in mind here is that all of these, the rock itself is, is remaining solid this whole time or semi-solid because if you melt it oh, now you're an igneous rock and see ya yeah or you got a migmatite <laughs> ah. <laughs> so i mean the different ways rocks can can change and, and chris just mentioned one was recrystallization where the 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 either the shape or the size or the type of the mineral grains start to start to grow and, um, and, and usually with, when we think of recrystallization, it's minerals that are already in the rock just start to um, change shape and, and start to regrow um, as, as larger grains. So like quartz, quartz to quartzite. Yeah. Quartz to quartzite. There you yeah, go. Quartz sandstone to quartzite. Um, yeah. So yeah. to define metamorphose. To change into a different physical form, especially by supernatural means. So back to Mothman. Yeah. This is Marion Webster. Uh, or Wait, to change. Marion Webster says supernatural, supernatural means. Yes. Or to change strikingly in the appearance or character. Supernatural. Supernatural. But it, I mean, the, the appearance, when we think about, like we define <clears throat> texture you know, when you think of texture, you oftentimes think of like maybe how something feels. But when we think about rocks, texture is the size, shape, and the appearance of the crystal grains. And so recrystallization is going to alter that. You know, if you think about, um, <clears throat> you know, quartz sandstone, there, there's little tiny grains of quartz there that make up the, the, you know, be at the beach and you have sand all of those little grains of sand get stuck together. That's sandstone. Um, when it recrystallizes, all of those grains start to regrow into larger solid mass. And those grains are no longer individual. They're, they're crystallized together. Um, and so that, that's recrystallization. You can reorient things, which I think we'll spend some time on. Where the, where the actual elements arra- rearrange into new crystal structures. 
and um, you can get things like foliation. Um, <clears throat> you can get neocrystallization, where, and this is what you see a lot with hydrothermal fluids, is where chemical processes actually uh, create new minerals. Um, and a lot of this, a lot of times you can get new minerals forming in, in what's called um, solid state diffusion, which is where chemical elements are actually moving through the structure and it's staying solid. So you get this migration of elements and it's mainly due to heat and pressure. You're squeezing it or heating it enough. Um, right. But that, that brings up a good point. At no point is it melting. Never. It's, it never becomes liquid. If it, it becomes liquid yeah. and then becomes solid again, you're igneous. This yeah. is a whole nother podcast topic. Yeah, we don't, for, uh, for the purpose of today, we don't care about igneous rocks. They stink. Nope. They're terrible. Uh, Unless it's a protolith, then we'll talk about it for a couple uh, seconds. Then. Yeah. Good point. Good point. How about this? Let's uh, okay. Let's look at the different agents of of metamorphism and uh, agents of metamorphism. Ooh, that's a great name. It right? kind of sounds like a metal band, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, so you know, let's and let's single them out. So let's let's start off with with uh, with temperature. Okay, so if you some of these you can get metamorphic rocks just by themselves. Others you need you need um, you need a combination of the different agents. So let, let's start off with with temperature. Um, if you just increase temperature by itself, you can. Uh, well, I guess not necessarily by itself, but uh, no, you can yeah, with, you can. with no yeah. pressure. Well, essentially, Lo you're gonna always little, have a little, little bit of pressure. Yeah, I guess but, yeah, you'll never like completely single out the different. Uh, it's at the, you could say it's at the surface, so it's under the typical temperature pressure regime uh, the pressure regime we're under right now yeah which is zero we'll call it yeah. so I, if if you jack up the 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 temperature not the pressure um you can you can metamorphose rocks um we can they these rocks they're they're like they're baked um one of they're known as horn well one of the one i'm thinking of is, is a horn fells and that's horn fell when you get uh like a shale you, you cook it and it's like throwing it in the oven and it'll, it'll turn into this, this metamorph and it's called um, contact metamorphism. Yes. So basically you're, you're next to something that's so hot that it's probably liquid, and but, but you're not, you're not part of the liquid party. I, I always describe contact metamorphism as being like only the part that touches the heat is going to be affected. So if I was standing next to like my stove top and it was turned on and I casually placed my hand on the stove top, my hand would get horribly burned, but the rest of me physically would be all right. Mentally and spiritually, I'd be broken, <laughs> shattered, <laughs> crying. But the only part that is, is physically being affected is my hand that's touching that burner. And it's a sort of same idea here. So the, you're the, the burnt skin would be the contact yeah, metamorphosis so, stuff. And the further away you get from the burner, the less impact there is. And that's what well, we that see. begs the question. Do all the other rocks cry and feel bad? They do. For the burned rocks. That's a good point. That's yeah. Well, if they yeah. cried in the introduced fluids, and then there's I, well, chemical reactions associated with that. And now I don't want to think about <laughs> that because I'll feel bad every time I'm out there with my rock hammer. Yeah, and or cutting them up in the rock lab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like some sort of horror movie. 
why is he doing this to us man that is terrible thought all right let's move on from that yeah what if is there anything that could happen if we just introduce like a crap ton of pressure yeah and minimize the heat and other sure uh yeah get Get uh what's called dynamic metamorphism is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And we call this the blue schist facies. Nope. I guess it's a fa- fairly low temperature. Again, you know, when, when you're, when you're adding this much pressure, there's a good chance you're going to be at some sort of temperature because you're going to have to be deep in or, order to get that much. I mean, you can get some of it at the surface, say at like a transform boundary, you can have really high, you get myelinites. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. Sorry, I was just thinking more typical, like, uh, yeah, like your accretionary prisms at yeah. at uh, uh, convergent boundaries. I don't know why I was struggling over the word well, convergent, but yeah. What about when, uh, like, an asteroid hits the Earth? And well, so recently, I've started separating them. Okay. Well, also because that. That does have high temperature. Yeah, that's why. That's why I used to be like you, where I would consider <laughs> shock metamorphism as just purely pressure. But now, you know, the, yeah, I've started putting shock as its own. When, when you add that of- much, when you add that much pressure with that short amount of time, you you're going to get heat. There's there's no way around it. So, tell me about it. Uh, right. So, yeah, but it, it's true. I mean, I feel like pressure is the, the, the big component there. And it's like, the oh, yeah, thing. that yeah, you're right. That is the driving component is pressure. So, but so should we just ignore impacts for now? I don't know. Shock. <laughs> we'll just put that in the other category. <laughs> I mean, we did cover impacts with the Chesapeake Bay miscellaneous uh, two episodes ago, so. Just file it under miscellaneous. Yeah, I, I, you're right, I, Chris. You are right. I was thinking more of the the typical uh, metamorphic facies, you know, temperature pressure regimes of like like you, you contact metamorphism at the top because it's just it's just hot with very little pressure. And then I was thinking just pressure with very little heat was your you know you do have zeolites. Zeolites are like the they're the ones that are kind of low pressure and low temperature. They just kind of. Well, with the zeolites, actually, that's a good transition because then we can get into the fluids too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in terms of fluids moving around, the way I always like to think, uh, kind of explain how fluids and metamorphic rocks are linked is let's just say you, uh, you want like a, uh, I live down in the Southeast here in the United Southeast United States. And the big drink down here is sweet tea or like, you know, we call it sweet tea was sweetened iced tea for the, anyways. <laughs> if, Explain uh, to us how that works. Yeah. But okay. So it's tea it, and it's sweet. It's <laughs> yes. So if you're at a restaurant, right. Say you want, you want like sweetened iced tea, but Maybe something happens and say they're out of it. And you say, no, that's all right. Just give me your unsweetened iced tea and uh, I'll get some sugar packets and I'll put my sugar packets in it. Right. And stir it up. Okay, so you get your, you get the, you get the, you get your unsweetened iced tea. It's cold. 
and you get your sugar packets, you throw it in there and you stir it around. What happens to that sugar in that cold drink? Nothing. It just stays at the bottom, right? And you get this little slurry of, of, uh, of sugar at the bottom and, uh, and it tastes horrible. But way- you get your straw in there and you suck up all that sugar until you get a sweet hit. Yeah. And then for the next, <laughs> the rest of it is just plain, uh, plain nice tea. Yeah. But so the way that sugar gets dissolved in water is you have to heat the water up first, right? You need a little bit of, and when you heat something up, you just give it a little bit of, you, you raise the energy level. You give it a little extra energy, right? And then the, so the energy. Yeah, you're adding, the, you're the adding a catalyst. Yes, that's where I was going. Ah. Thank you, Steve. The temperature is the catalyst for that chemical reaction for the water or for the, uh, excuse me, for the sugar to get dissolved into the iced tea or whatever, you know, but minerals work the same way. You know, uh, uh, some minerals, you gotta, you gotta crank up the temperature for the water for that stuff to get dissolved. Right now, if we're dealing with water, that's moving around deep inside the earth, we know there's the geothermal gradient. So the further down inside the earth you go, the warmer the water gets, or if we're near a magma plume, that's pretty freaking hot to begin with. And so that'll heat up your water as well. So that's some of the stuff that, that those are some of the, um, uh, the things that will uh, heat up, heat up your water. So as the water, as the groundwater is percolating through the rocks or going through faults and things like that, whatever conduits it's, it's, uh, it's traveling through, it's hot. And as it travels through that, it comes in contact with the minerals and the rock it might dissolve that because it's pretty hot. And we know that when water is under a lot of pressure, the boiling point rises. So you can have water that's still in liquid form. It's under a lot of pressure, but the temperature can actually be above hundred degrees Celsius or superheated water, superheated water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So the hotter the water gets, the more minerals it can dissolve in there. And so that's, that's the other uh, uh, agent of metamorphism. Now we get this, this hot water that's moving through lots of fun stuff dissolved in there comes in contact with the other, maybe, maybe it travels, it travels pretty far. You know, who knows how far, you know, depending on the situation, whatever it moves from one spot to another. Well, the, well, the other spot that it moves to, maybe it's a completely different rock. And now that stuff that's dissolved in the water comes in contact with a brand new type of rock and the chemical reactions go berserk. And that's one way to throw in new elements into, into the chemistry there with, uh, with, with your rock. So that's how, that's kind of how the, the, the fluids work and why, and fluids are a really important, um, agent for metamorphism because it's your, it's, uh, it's the way that you're introducing new, new, new elements into the mix. New ingredients. Yeah. New ingredients. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) So, uh, but the fluids thing doesn't work by itself. You know, you need to have the, usually you need to have the, well, the, the pressure and the temperature increased as well in order for the fluid thing to kind of come along and it does its thing. So one of the main places we find this happening is at mid-ocean ridges. Hmm. Because you have, you're at the bottom of the ocean. But you have really hot magma rising to the surface. Well, it's forming there because you have hot rock that's rising to the surface and it decompresses and melts. So you have really hot rock. 
and all this really cold water at the bottom of the ocean is infiltrating into the sediment at the bottom of the ocean and it gets heated up. And so it, it circulates, then, you know, the water sinks, it heats up and that's going to cause it to become buoyant. So it's going to rise back up to the surface. And as it rises to the surface, it's sort of robbing these elements. And we see this manifested as when it gets to the surface, black smokers, mm. which are those, you know, this is, you can sort of see it in action. So black smokers, if, you know, if you ever look at a picture of, of them, there are these features near mid-ocean ridges where it looks like black smoke, hence the name. Um, but what it is, it's actually elements that are precipitating out of that water because when the when this hot water then comes back up to the surface it hits the really cold ocean water and when the temperature drops those elements and those minerals are no longer in solution and so they precipitate back out and so you get these these vent pipes or these stacks of elements and and um, hydrothermally sort of uh, deposited material, but the rock that's left behind is then hydrothermally altered because stuff had been robbed from it. You know, it's chemistry got altered. Um, so that causes, you know, when you change the specific chemistry, we call that metasomatism. Metasomatism. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce but, it. Uh, that sounds better than I also don't. Every time I just <laughs> kind of mumble my way through. Yeah, med- medicine. Med- medicine. Yes. <laughs> you read it off the PowerPoint. <laughs> nice. But how do you pronounce it, Chris? Metasomatism. All right. See, I, 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 I was taking a shot in the dark. Because that's that's what I remembered. I so. mean, two to one. You guys it's, beat me. It's fine. You, you could always go to the Himalaya Mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. And eat tomatoes up there. <laughs> Is that what they do? Yeah. I'm pretty sure tomato that's... and potato soup. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna I wanna go back to the pressure thing real fast and just I wanna just highlight stress really. Yeah, here we go. Stress how much it, how the importance behind pressure. Okay. To get metamorphic rocks forming. We really need pressures. Well, in order, I should—I I shouldn't say that, but in some of the, like your your classic metamorphic rocks, or um, you get when you're getting like uh, two continental, or I'm sorry, two tectonic plates colliding together, we're getting really, really high pressures. Some of these metamorphic rocks come from really crazy high pressures, and I, you know, it's we, usually we're dealing with. You have to get the temperatures above about 200 degrees C or so. That's just, you know, generally speaking, um, that's yeah, what like you need. Tw- twice the boiling point of water. So, yeah, not that hot. But, I mean, hot, but not crazy hot. Yeah. And, um, but it's also with this pressure because if you get temperature, like to get sedimentary rocks forming, that's, about 200 degrees C is also what you're looking at for, for that as well. Um, but it's just kind of lacking that intense pressure. Okay. We're dealing with pressures. We're talking, we're talking tectonic forces, right? So think of like India. Okay. You have the Indian subcontinent smashing it right now into Asia as we speak, and it's lifting up 
the Himalayan mountains, as you <laughs> would say. <laughs> that is what I'm known for. <laughs> or for the rest of the world, the Himalayan mountains. Um, <laughs> all right. So Everest is, what is it, 29,028 feet above sea level or something like that? 29,030 feet, something, you know. And they and just revised it. And oh, growing. They, they just moved. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's it's like it's over 29,000 feet above above sea level. Yeah. Uh, 29,032. I was so close. <laughs> it used to be 29,29. Okay. Okay. And they just revised it. The I feel like the Chinese and Nepalese. That's right. We did. We talked about this. Yeah. They came to agreement because the Chinese had one definition for the height of it. The Nepalese had another. And I believe they just kind of said, all right, we'll go with the middle ground. Is it Nepalese, Nepali? People, people from, from Nepal. Where's it going with this? Okay. So in order, like the pressures we're going to be dealing with from these tectonic forces in order to like shove rock 29,000 feet into the air, that's a lot of force, right? That's a crazy <laughs> amount of pressure to do that. So we're dealing with pressures. One of the, um, one of the units that we measure pressure in are Pascals. Okay. And so a Pascal is defined as one Newton per square meter. Okay. So you might say like, you know, if you're not in the sciences, you might be like, okay, what the heck is a Newton? Yeah. Well, I, I only measure my pressure in bars, but carry on. All right. Well, <laughs> We're going with Pascal's for this one. But <laughs> a Newton is uh, amount of force and that's measured as one kilogram, one kilogram meter per second squared. Okay. So to give you a sense, this is what I learned in my, like when I was taking uh, like undergrad physics, a Newton is about the same amount of force. If you take like a big textbook and you drop it from a couple feet in the air. Huh, the amount of force that it, that it hits the desk, that's approximately, that's like a ballpark, a good idea of, of one Newton. Okay. Well, I like that. I like that. So, by the way, one bar is 100,000 Pascals. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Thank, thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're dealing with pressures in megapascals. Uh, right. Or, so, or kilobars. So, well, I was doing that because it converts right nicely from, from Newton's. All right. Yes. Carry on. Sorry. All right. So like I said, going back to one textbook dropping to a desk, boom, that's about, that's about one Newton. Okay. And one Pascal is one Newton per meter squared. Okay. You have an area, one meter by one meter area. You have a force of, of one Newton in that one uh, of that meter uh, square meter. Well, we're dealing with like a hundred megapascals. So times that by a million. All right. And uh, it's crazy, crazy forces from, from tectonics. And it's, it's, it's forces that are so high. Most just the most, it's very, very, very difficult for most people to, to comprehend as well. That's a lot of textbooks to drop. It's a lot of textbooks. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's about the, the the pressures that we need for for these for you know for that we're dealing with with these uh, with the majority of these metamorphic rocks forming. So I guess we could uh, 
get in Jesse, I was it Jesse or Steve, I forget one of you guys mentioned the term protolith. We can get into that real fast. Uh, a protolith, so we can break this down. Okay, so we got the prefix proto. So if we have like a prototype of something, if you're working, you know, to develop a whatever, I don't know, something, you come up with first come up with the prototype, right? Well, proto just kind of means like coming before, right? And then lith, lith means rock. So what's what was the rock that was before? And that's that's kind of that's that's what we're dealing with with uh, when we talk about the term protolith and with with metamorphic rocks, that means, you know, what, what type of rock were we dealing with before the metamorphism kicked in? And the answer is it could be any type of rock, any type of rock can go through metamorphism. You have a sedimentary rock, boom, gets metamorphosed, igneous rock, boom, you can metamorphose that, or you can have a pre-existing metamorphic rock. And there's a lot of <gasps> metamorphic rocks out there. They're really like a lot of the, um, uh, uh, the she uh, the continental shields like some of this like like OG rock from like way 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 back in the day like pre-Cambrian rock. Yeah, the Canadian shield. What is the uh, 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 the nice they have up there? Yeah, it is nice. <laughs> oh, oh boy, um, that's dad joke number two of the night. Uh, <laughs> here all night, folks. Yeah. Agasta, a nice, what is it? Oh, what's the name of that nice? Just blanket on it. But it's like several billion, oh, it's a two, three billion. It's like, it's like really, really old stuff up there in yeah. Canada. And it's just, I always love when it's a casta nice. I always love when I'm teaching the rock cycle and I'm like, all right, you can, you know, if you take an igneous rock or sedimentary rock and you add heat and pressure or chemically active fluids, you can turn it into a metamorphic rock. But I'm always like, but you could also turn it into itself. (sighs) Identity crisis. (laughs) But the cool thing is with some of these really old metamorphic rocks, you can actually see evidence in the metamorphic rock of it being metamorphosed several times over. What? Absolutely. What? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they have like little tiny stopwatches in there. They just record it. You can so some of the things like if you look at um you can actually see what direction the pressure is coming from if you look at the rock. Um if you see like uh if you just look at the way that it's folded or if you go to a microscopic level, you can see uh the, the foliation of the rock. Yeah, there's um well, I, I don't want to interrupt you on a, a roll here with foliation, uh, but there there is, you know, rock, uh, even in like the Appalachians, which have been subjected to, I mean, the protolith itself is over a billion years old in a lot of places. And then you've got these sort of mountain building events. A lot of times we're seeing this in these plate tectonically active areas, you know, where you have convergence um, <clears throat> or divergence a lot of times it's it's convergence is where the big stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but within the mineral grains themselves, I know from some of the, the nices, it, 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 and we can talk, we'll talk about index minerals here. In, in oh a yeah. But in the garnets, you can actually see fracturing in the garnets that tell you pressure. And within some of the garnets you find in say the, the Appalachians in, in, in the metamorphic rocks 
in the Philadelphia region or up in the Catskills, you actually see them going in two different directions. So it's telling you two distinctly different periods of metamorphism that are occurring, which is kind of crazy. But I mean, foliation tells us this a little bit easier if you want to talk about foliation. Yeah. So that's basically, there's two different, we have two different textures of metamorphic rocks, right? Remember Jesse said, you're not looking at how rough or smooth the, the rock is. We're dealing, we're talking about the, the grains within shy, size and shape of the, of the grains within, within the rock. So the easiest way to explain this, and it might be oversimplifying it, but uh, you what I love to do. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. Oversimplifying <laughs> stuff and then backing yourself out, right? <laughs> you have foliated rocks and non-foliated rocks. Your foliated rocks are going to be, it's going to look like there's some type of layering or some type of banding. Um, all of uh, the, all the, the minerals are going to be oriented in, in all in like the, the a, a certain direction with your foliated rocks and your non-fol. So, well, I should say that comes from pressure. Okay. With high pressures. Now dum, 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 dum. your non-foliated rocks are you, you you're not going to get that like layering or that banding striping any you know whatever you want to say that orientation uh necessarily your non-foliated rocks and part of this <clears throat> has to do with sort of the makeup of the rock um non-foliated rocks sometimes you you often get where there's more uniformity in the grains Mm -hmm. to some extent um yeah like a the, limestone turning into a marble or something yeah like that. <laughs> um or you know sandstone turning into quartzite whereas with metam with foliated rocks the amount of temperature and pressure that you add affects how much foliation you get yes do you want me to expand on that sure <laughs> let's just end there <laughs> and that's it's it on. for today <laughs> so you can you can take something like shale which is you know you have like this silty uh, rock silty clay rock that yeah. has these layers and it's just sort of plain looking depending on the type of shade it could be red shale or you know it could be black or brown it doesn't matter blue um, you add, if you start adding temperature and pressure, it's actually going to metamorphose into, sh into slate. Yeah. Almost, almost uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they look really similar, right? If, if you, you know, you can Google a picture, if you can picture in your head, shale and slate are, are, are really similar looking, especially the type of shale you have, you know, can look really close to what, what slate is. But, but internally, they're different. Right. So if you were to slice them up super thin, look at them under a microscope, you could tell the difference. Yeah. If you can, you can tap on them and you can sort of hear. Yes. I'm happy because shale, if you tap a piece of shale on like a countertop or tape, whatever, it, it has like a, like a hollow kind of sound to it. Yeah. But slate has a ping to it. Yeah, I was just going to say it like rings. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I still it, use that trick. Like if I'm looking at something I'm like I can't tell if this is a slate or shale cuz sometimes what, like visually it's tricky. You what know, is uh, that? Is that a porosity thing? 
you're squeezing out porosity. I'm sure you're, you're rearranging um, stuff around. It's just, yeah, it's more dense. Yeah. It's a, it's a recrystallization where things are yeah, crystallizing a bit. That's what I'm saying though. Are you, are removing those pore spaces? Yeah. yeah so space is squeezing out water. You're, you're squeezing out water and the grains are starting to reorient themselves. And this is part of foliation. I, I don't know if that's where you were trying to get us to go. I like eventually, it. I mean, yeah, you know. yeah eventually. So <laughs> with the slate, door. I mean, shale, you get there, there are these foliation comes from like foliage, which means leaves. Um, and slate, you have these these layers that are starting to form. I mean, shale is is pretty layered as well. But slate we use as as like a building stone, it's a roof tile. Because slate is much stronger than shale. You don't use shale as roof tile. Oh, it'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it would not be good. Yeah, slate, uh, part of it is because it breaks into these sheets, but also because it's stronger. It's rock cleavage. Yeah. Uh, do do you all know the story about the, the slate tiles in Galveston? Well, oh, uh, I feel like I might have learned this from the same. Refresh my memory where you're going well i don't know where you're going with this but my answer is no i have no idea carry on so this is my sort of go-to <laughs> story uh where things take a dark turn so slate so the strongest slate the strongest slate in the world a subjective sort of designation is from pennsylvania and it was given that title at the 18 uh 98 world's fair the one that was in chicago where pdr yeah. got its blue ribbon nice uh, they're really milking that blue ribbon, aren't they? 1894, uh, I want to say 1893. Something like that. Yeah. We have to get this because people will jump down our throats if we don't get this year right with PBR. Uh, and it, <laughs> 1893. 93. 93. I was right. Yeah. Damn. So the serial killer. I don't know if you want to be proud of that, Steve. But... I drink too much. I can't so the, the, I think it was the. The Peach Bottom Sleet, which is right here, is in Delaware County, right? Peach Bottom? Yeah, near Peach Bottom uh, Nuclear Facility. Yeah. So there, there's Slate that you find down there. And you find Slate. I mean, there's a town called Slatington. And like, is there? I didn't or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or, or Slayton. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a bunch of Slate-esque towns. I mean, that's where all blackboards came from. Oh. From Slayton? Well, just Slate. Like they, they were oh, actually oh, pieces oh, yeah. of slate. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, Not anymore. No, no. But, have composite um, material. But I'm sorry. Good. This is important. so they, they were. It was. It was <laughs> back in my day. So slate was becoming the popular sort of roof tile for like, if to show you were, you you were you were making it. Yeah. Yeah. It still is. Uh, it's like if you want if you want roofs. With, oh, you want a slate roof, you're going to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the thing is, depending on how big your roof is, it's a rock. It lasts it lasts a long time. A slate, yeah. a slate roof on it will last 100 years or more. Uh, slate roofs will fail because of the nails, not because of the slate. That's that's right. I mean, it's it's geologic. Uh, woogie, woogie, woogie. So they were, they were you know, the, these slates were... Dad joke number three. <laughs> designated the, <laughs> like the strongest in the world so it became really popular as, as the roof you know the roofing material um there was this peach bottom slate also just a side note well I'll, I'll come back to it so the up-and-coming town at the time at the turn of the century 
was Galveston, right? Galveston down in Texas. It was a fight between Galveston and Houston for which was going to be like the major port city. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we know it's, it's Houston um, today, but Galveston w- at the time was this up and coming city. Galveston is on a barrier island. So, uh, you know, it was never going to be, it was, it was never going to be. Uh, just just waiting for the big one, right? Yeah. Which happens to come in 1900. Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the, this major hurricane uh, hits, hits Galveston. And so there's two, um, <clears throat> two different. Um, 1901. 1901 Isaac storm. What was it? That was the book that was written about it by. Um, I want to say that storm hit in 1901 off. That's just off the top of my head. Yeah. Like, I'll, was, I'll fact I, check it. Guy, guy. Uh, so there was two instances where these roof, these slate roof tiles, 1900 were, were importing it uh, became projectiles and they ended up decapitating people. Yes. Oh. I was at the same seminar talk. I remember yeah. that. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was, I was, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I, it gets really dark. They, the guy, there's a great book about that storm called Isaac storm by, um, I'm just blanking on his name, but he also wrote a book about the 1893 world's fair, which had a serial killer named HH Holmes, who was captured and hung in the city of Philadelphia. Eric Larson. Huh? Eric, Eric Larson. Larson. Yeah. He wrote Devil Noise. Isaac City. Storm, a man, a time, and the deadliest hurricane in history. Yeah. So it was, and it was just, it, it was basically the, the head of the meteorological agency at the time didn't believe there was reports coming out of Cuba. Yes. That yes. there was a storm coming. Yeah. Please prepare. And the, the head of the meteorological survey was like, they didn't, he was, basically a racist he was like they don't know what they're talking about there's no storm coming he just didn't like the cubans did did he die in the storm because that would he did not but the um but thousands of others did thousands and like decapitated by slate the main meteorologist on galveston was trying to like contact him like please we need to evacuate there's a storm coming pressure pressure's dropping it's like the simpsons where elisa's yeah pressure's dropping wind is picking up and she looks to his book so you've got a hurricane <laughs> <laughs> well so i want to take a little tangent real fast and what we don't as, do that <laughs> as the uh, the resident coastal geologist here yeah uh this is this is really cool that well this is I, I love the stuff that that what Jesse's talking about because back in the day we like right now we are so good at predicting hurricanes it's yeah, it's, it's getting better and better and you know if you look at like every year the the cone of prediction you know you always see like you know every different model has a couple I, different paths whatever but it's I, I want to take a little narrowing. tangent from this you're gonna take a tangent on my tangent yes the the predictive nature of our hurricanes when you see these satellite images and it shows essentially half the globe those satellites are far out <laughs> like that we have true. scientific satellites the that NOAA, are so far out that they can see half the planet yeah, the noah goes so. satellite goes yeah, yeah. goes the if you go to the hurricane the nhs nhc noah's webpage for the national hurricane center you can see they find these disturbances and you can watch them as like just storms like clouds 
off of the, the west coast of Africa. Yeah. And they'll so. they'll be like, there's a probability that this will turn into a hurricane in five days. Yeah. Crazy. So sorry. Carry yeah. on, Chris. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You could tell that we have three sedimentologists here on the <laughs> <laughs> on the stamp of the geology flannel kiss or anything remotely closely how, what's the topic? Really how oh, dare, metamorphic rocks what <laughs> how dare you carry on um where are we going uh oh, oh okay yeah so back in the day so before radar radar came out in like world war ii so pre-world war ii um there was no really the only way that these coastal towns and I, i'm speaking from the united states because that's that's where we're we're from these coastal towns in the United States, the only way they knew there was a hurricane coming up the coast is they'd hear they get telegraph lines or whatever from yeah. the Caribbean. Like, yep. hey, guys, we're getting hammered right now. Something's down here in the Caribbean. Heads up. And so, OK, so then obviously Florida would be next in line, you know, and then Florida would get hit or the or you know, North Carolina, Cape Hatteras, stuff like that. But the only way they knew that something might be hitting was just from just from uh, very primitive communications from these from these Caribbean these Caribbean countries these Caribbean islands. But nowadays we're so so spoiled that um, you know we, we we see the hur- hurricanes are very 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 predictable. You'll have an idea at least a week out, knowing to if you have to evacuate or not, or if, or at least if there's like you know. If there's worry to evacuate, but back in the day, it was just kind of like, oh, we're getting nailed with something. Who knows where this came from? You know, there's stories from like New York in 1935 that got nailed with with hurricanes. Um, the East Coast in 1933 got nailed with another hurricane, and it was just like the stuff comes out of nowhere, and, and you just you just you know they were used to be like really deadly. You get caught in the storm surge, and you're just like you're done. You know, yeah. you're, you're SOL. That's it. You know, game set and match. So, anyways, I'm sorry. That's my little tangent right there about no, so I, slate yeah. Galveston slate back to oh, slate, slate back yeah. to people getting decapitated by the slate from the hurricane. So, so anyway, if you keep adding heat and pressure to that slate, up uh, post murder, post uh, <laughs> no pre murder. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, just, just forget, <laughs> forget the murder in general, right? Then you get uh, what we call philite. Yeah. I always say phyllite. Phyllite? Phyllite, phyllite, tomato, tomato, potato. Phyllite? phyllite? I always call it phyllite. I always call it phyllite. phyllite. Yeah, two out of three. I'm, I'm, I'm two Amalia. for two right here. <laughs> Labradorite, Labradorite. Um, the emphasis but, on the wrong syllable. Yeah. <laughs> but so uh, slate to phyllite, like this is following your typical geothermal gradient basically as you're getting deeper you're adding more pressure but as you're getting deeper you're adding more temperature so what the difference between slate and and phyllite i'll go with my way of pronouncing it it's a little bit shinier yeah it's it's shiny and starts to get wavy wavy yeah because i'm so shiny and it's what's happening is slate is made of clay minerals but with phyllite, you're getting that increased pressure and temperature. You're starting to get the uh, mica minerals now uh, coming out of that. And that's yeah. because of that, that sheen. They're, yeah, they're starting to migrate. The l- similar elements and minerals are starting to migrate together. Like goes to like. Yep. But um, still Mike, all... Muscovite, 
it's like nature's glitter. It, it, it that's that's excellent actually that's yeah <laughs> yeah um but it it's really you you it, it gets like this really flaky texture to it and phil i i always like to think comes from philadelphia but it's not true it's the greek word philon which means light leaf yeah mm. sort of like philo right yeah ph- where does yeah. what's the um, origin yeah. of the word slate what is uh, Slating they, Tim? They always have interesting origins. They do. Um, I don't know off the off the top. I don't know. Of I, I I don't know what 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 the uh, the origin of that, that word is. Huh? Do you but, know it's it's an uh, <clears throat> in in British English? It's informal to criticize severely. Hmm. He, his work was slated by critics. Hmm. Oh, you know what? I've heard of that before. Yeah. So slate, yeah. slate, you're talking like 200 ish degrees uh, around two kilobars, because that's what I'm doing. Uh, or, and, or, I don't know, like eight kilometers deep ish. So you know, it's around about. Yeah. It, you know, your, not your, much. your depth, your depth and your temperature are, are pretty well lockstep there, yeah you're still you're low but it's getting a little higher yeah it comes from um sort of the middle english anglo french uh sclate or escalate which means or escalator which means the splinter which comes from the older germanic origin um uh ugh, my german's terrible slicen which means to tear apart sort of like oh. slit Oh, okay. and slit are very they're i guess related here and um, two kilobars. i only put slides in on my roof steve two <laughs> kilobars is equal to 200 megapascals yes so that's, that's what i said did you say that i said a hundred thousand pascals is one bar boy i love doing uh uh you know uh, unit conversions on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) really brings home the listeners (laughs) yeah listen that'll put you to sleep you're right it'll put you to sleep faster than a good dose of nyquil so let's (laughs) anyway uh so let's keep adding temperature and pressure all right so so we went from slate you know your zeolite like we talked about zeolites adding the fluids you know just changing stuff around uh now your phyllite you're in if we're talking about facies you're talking about green schist oh oh you're skipping from rocks to facies now well yeah oh, i mean no I, I, i'm just letting you know the temperature pressure regime you were facies you were on you it. yeah uh so that that fill light is around i want to say like three three fifty and about 10 10 meters depth we'll go with depth chris if that makes you feel better so we don't have to talk about pressure anyway uh, that does make me feel better i so mean 10 kilometers i don't know what that is in elephants but so if i took fillet and i just added temperature and pressure just abstractly no real numbers do it uh it would metamorphose it would alter into what's called schist holy schist dad joke schist. number what uh, four at there least schist <laughs> comes from those same roots ultimately derived deriving from like there's the greek 
but coming from that German, the sh- Scheiße, which means to split or whatever. Um, so it's sort of the same root. Anyhow, schist is we're adding, we're starting to get into the upper, you know, a lot of temperature and pressure now. And so what you start to see in schist are two really cool things. The first is you really start to see neocrystallization. So this is where we start to get new minerals forming like garnet. Darn it. Yeah. Uh, Or as the French say, garnet. Garnet. I don't know about that at all. (laughs) (laughs) So garnet. I totally made that up. Garnet are these little. It's the same uh, as calling Target, like the store Target. Target. Uh, Garnet are these little red, sort of ruby red minerals. Um, It's the birthstone of January. You knew that really quick. That was impressive. (sighs) Telling you, it's not even my birth month. Was Was your wife born in January? Nope. (laughs) I'm just a good geologist. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so garnet is—I uh, it, it, don't know—it's it's a cool looking rock if you've ever cool looking mineral if you've ever seen little it. marbles. No, they can Do- be gigantic. Dodeca- well, they're dodecahedrons. Dodecahedrons, yeah, yeah. like uh, soccer balls. No, but some of them are like uh, double terminated crosses. Like, yeah, uh, they're some of them are really gemmy and really pretty. They can be. Um, what what is garnet? It uh, oh, shoot. It's, neosil- part of, like, it's a neosilicate, so it's a silicate. Yes, but it's part of a mineral family of the shoot. I'm I'm dying here. But so, silicates would be no the, the silicates, but but it's a uh, it's actually a rhombic do- dodecahedron. But yeah, uh, there, there's there's. Off tons tons of garnets near me like yeah. you know there's roads near me called like garnet mine road and oh garnet valley garnet Street. valley and yeah um and they're extremely hard they have uh their yeah. hardness is is way up there and so they were very good for abrasives so not only are they pretty if you find a big one but they're very very tough so they would use them in abrasives and things like that yeah and they would they would also the refractive properties they would use them in old school um vacuum tubes tv tubes Ooh, neat uh which that's going to mean very little to most people yeah vacuum tube <laughs> vacuum. well i mean but, R- rca was out of camden maybe that's why yeah the, oh that's a good point. the word garnet that. comes from the middle english uh basically meaning dark red which yeah that that yeah. sums it up that's about right yeah. well for for amadine yes some garnets like uh that are uh, that are you know yeah colors. but but that's the thing I, that's what i was getting at garnets can go like all the way from like a bright green all the way to uh oh uh, yeah i guess that, yeah. What it, it's uh amphibole no no well, amphibole's not no you have, no you you uh, are you are rosevite um, it's got the calcium. It's the chromium that's in there. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, grossular garnet is green. I know that. Yeah. Grossi- yeah. So that's calcium, aluminum, silicate. Yeah. Um, this is not a mineralogy podcast. Yeah. We're talking anyway, about. So neosilicates. <laughs> neosilicates. So you get this, uh, this mineral that forms and basically only forms. Um, 
in this process. Yeah. And this like death temperature. Yeah. So this is, this makes up some index. Yeah. I was going to mention it. Why not? Why not? Why not? This makes up something that, so you can start to see the progression we've talked about where you start with shale, which is the protolith or the parent material or whatever. And if you metamorphose it, you know, you add a little temperature and pressure turns into slate. I add a little more turns into phyllite. I add a little more turns into schist. The amount of temperature and pressure, that's what we call the metamorphic grade. And so low grade, it turns into slate. Intermediate, it's phyllite. High grade, it's starting to get in schist. And there are certain minerals that form at very specific metamorphic grades, like garnet. So you find a rock with a garnet, it, we call it an index mineral because it's telling us exactly the conditions under which it formed. So there's certain minerals that are really good at telling us like the, the metamorphic grade. My like favorite is starlight. You see starlight is a good one. Pretty one. Pretty. Yeah. But you find something like, um, you find marble, right? Marble is a metamorphic rock. Well, if I have a piece of limestone and I add, I add a little bit of heat and pressure, I'm going to metamorphose it into marble. If I have a piece of limestone and I add a lot of heat and pressure, I'm going to turn it into marble. And so you find a piece of marble, you don't really know how much metamorphism it's undergone, a little or a lot. But, you know, you find an index mineral, you can start saying with with some precision what the temperature and pressure was. So that's kind of neat. Can you figure out the... Okay, here we go. Here we go. I don't know the answer to this, but maybe one of you gentlemen would know. Stylites. Yeah. Can you figure out the metamorphic conditions of stylites? I know you can figure out how much has been dissolved away. So a, a stylite, just for reference, is what we would call a pressure solution. So you, you see stylites oftentimes in marble. Yeah. If you ever see like little black streaks that go through marble, yeah, it all, it's weird. It's almost it almost looks like a root or something because yeah. yeah, of the way it's us- like erratic. Yeah. But usually, mar- I mean, marbles can come in a variety of colors. Usually, they're white. Let's just yeah. go with the, the 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 most common variety of marble, and you'll see these little like wavy black lines. They're called stylites. So what happens is, if you squeeze it enough, if you give it enough pressure the 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 calcite that's in that marble dissolves out but there's it's not 100% calcite right as Jesse said marble comes from limestone lime the the yeah, always, mineral limestone is is calcite but there's trace. always like yeah exactly trace minerals there's there's uh, there's, uh, there's organic other material if there's still yeah. organics there if it yeah yeah there, there's a, basically there there's other stuff in there and the, what happens is the calcite goes goodbye but the other stuff still can hang around. That doesn't get dissolved out. And so what a stylite is, is that that collection. You can kind of say like the calcite melts out. Can you say melt? Does it melt or just dissolve? I guess you say it dissolve. Yeah, it's Go, goes stay. into z- solution. So the yeah, way so. it works, it's the same as ice skates. Yes, I'm happy you went there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do, so you, when the way all our can, we're all Canadian listeners, so we, we're yeah. big ice hockey fans, all of us. Yeah. So this is this. <laughs> So the way ice skates work is that you have your blade, you're, you're putting all of your, your weight on the blade, right? And you're creating Which is a very small surface area. Yeah. Creating a pressure on the ice. 
and it's actually melting the ice right under the blade. And that's how you move around is you're actually creating, you're lowering friction because so you're creating a layer that. of water on top yeah. of the ice. You can glide on it. You can actually, if you just have an ice cube and you bite down on the ice cube, you can actually, you, uh, your teeth will go through the ice cube. You know, you can, you, it'll, the ice will start to dissolve out because of the, the pressure. Huh. Or if you just get like piano wire and pull really hardly through a giant, um, hardly, if you pull really hard through a big block of ice, you oh. can actually cause that same pressure solution as well. I thought that was going to take a dark turn. If you get piano wire and you find your enemy, <laughs> <laughs> you turn into a mob hitman here. <laughs> I saw that in a James Bond movie, I think. <laughs> so uh, the, the index mineral circling back, yeah. basically it, it's an index, like an index card that you would have in your periodic. Think of it as like, uh, you know, for all of those who had to look up periodicals the- in your uh, local library. Oh, wait, or you can think of it as like the barometer of the metamorphic rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of a time stamp, it's your pressure and temperature stamp. Yeah. Those I, are the conditions of the metamorphic rock form. So we yeah. Have- so I index minerals are great at telling us great uh, stylites. I I think are just telling us that there has been compressive stresses. Yeah. They don't okay. necessarily tell us because you get stylites. On, so at grain to grain contact, uh-huh. you create that pressure solution. Um, just to round out foliated rocks. Yeah. We missed one. Yeah. If we keep adding temperature and pressure to schist, if you go into the, the really high grade, it turns into. Hang on. Before we get to where it turns into next. So schist in the Philadelphia region is very predominant. We, like I said, we have lots of garnets, lots of things like this, but schist because of its foliated nature and it is pretty was actually used a lot in building materials for like building old houses and things like that. However, it was formed at pretty fairly high temperature, fairly high pressure conditions. So uh, you can actually see this when you drive down route one towards like St. Joe's University and things like that. Nobody use, outside of Philadelphia knows what the heck you're talking right, about right now. So <laughs> they use schist in building old buildings, like b- building big old stone buildings. But the schist weathers because it's not used to this temperature and pressure condition. So it weathers out fairly quickly. And and you can you can see it when someone built a big building like oh, there's this rock and this rock and this. Well, there's the schist because it's all eaten away because it just flakes away. And that's how we end up with these garnets and things like that ended up in the streams and you end up with these garnet mines and these garnet rivers and things like that because garnets are hardy and they hold up and they end up as sediment in these rivers. And actually, you know, I've done it. You can just go to some of these rivers and just take a sieve and find them. So it's pretty cool. But all right. Sorry, Jesse. So after schist. The one after- thing that we also didn't mention with schist is that the, the grains inside of schist are macroscopic. So we yes. cross that threshold from microscopic with yeah. phyllite and slate to now macroscopic with schist and nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Transition there. Sorry, I ruined it. Uh- <laughs> so nice. You're going to see. It's almost like you see this like segregation of minerals. It almost looks like zebra striping. All right. You see this, this black and white striping with the um, uh, this black and white banding with the rock. And, and that's one of the best ways. 
yeah, it doesn't just, always have to be black and white. You can get um, some reds in there as well with with nice. But, no, but it's, Jesse said it before, like light goes to like. So, yeah. so yeah, the, the you know, think about your Bowen's reaction series with your felsic and your mafic. Your mafic minerals are all darker in color and your felsic minerals are all lighter in color. And that's what we're getting this banding. You also get um, in nice, you said starlight was your favorite, which you see a lot in, in schist. But in, in nice, the index mineral, we get sulmonite. Silly manite. Silly manite. Yeah. By the way, we talked about bones reaction series in episode 18. Ah. Back in what 2015. Is, what what up? Or was this 102, 101? Is this 100? Did we blow it? We missed it? You're asking me a lot. I think, I think it's 102. We did Chesapeake Bay Impact was 100. The yeah. Flying Fickle Finger of Fate uh, for Earthquakes was 101. Okay. I do believe this is 102. Yeah. Sorry. I went on vacation. I can't believe we have over 100 episodes. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry you went on vacation. I, you know, that's fine. Just don't go on vacation with crappy internet yeah my bad <laughs> or during your you, wedding anniversary uh, yeah also, or, or that <laughs> that's okay that's okay we're podcasting on friday it's my daughter's birthday <laughs> she'll be asleep don't worry i, I hope yeah. <laughs> all right so nice, she she may be hosting it maybe that'll be your birthday present <laughs> there you go so nice this is like end of the line in terms of metamorphic grade any if you keep on increasing 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 the pressure temperature with nice, you get a melt. Hang on. Yeah, I guess so. You can't get migmatites. Well, that's what we kind of said before. That's all, this is the second time you mentioned it. Might as well mention, like, explain what a migmatite is. It's yeah. a partially melted nice. Yeah, yeah migmatites. I, I, those are the prettiest migmatites I've ever seen. Rocky Mountain National Park. All over <laughs> the place in the old RMNP. And, and essentially, you need to have a nice... That's like super dry. Doesn't have any other like uh, uh, not impurities. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, volatiles. Volatiles. Thank you. Because well, vol- like, water to- will lower the melting point. Right. Once That's once you add point. a little bit of water, all of a sudden you're you're melting. So. And if you have, you also have to think about Bones reaction series too. With nices, nices, the protolith from nice is granite. It can be granites. And if you have a, yeah. if you have quartz in there and you start cranking up that pressure temperature, the quartz is going to melt out before some of your your mafic minerals too. So you got to take that into account. Yeah. So Chemistry. basically, if you're taking a straight line from like zero temperature, zero pressure, all the way down to like let's say thirty kilometers deep, seven hundred degrees C, you're going from slate phyllite to schist to gneiss to magnetites. And then, yes. and then essentially, yeah. essentially, you're melting. You're melted. Game over. Yep. You're and now then, into igneous, and who cares about that? Well, <laughs> that'll be the um, the uh, episode two hundred two. The next flannel cast episode. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's kind of the uh, if we're foliated metamorphic rocks. That's pretty much the. Uh, yeah, and and when I, I I mentioned many times, facies is essentially the uh, the 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 regime of where this could take place. So, like the sedimentary facies is 
the the depositional environment in which this could take place. The metamorphic facies is essentially the temperature pressure regime or the temperature depth regime of which these could take place. So the, the, what I just said, the slate to fillite, the schist to nice to magnetite is essentially zeolites to green schist to amphibole. You know, it, it's not, it's not too sexy. <laughs> well, so, okay. We are, I don't know if I want to talk about, I mentioned this, I might be burning a topic right now that we've been taught. We've been, we were talking about uh, in the mix for the last couple of weeks now, but um, what Steve's also getting at is the, what's known as uh, the Barovian sequence, your Barovian. Well, yeah, we can, oh, we yeah. can, we can tease it. I say we tease it right yeah. now and then and get into it. So the bro, your bro, classic Barovian sequence uh, was named after George Barrow. Um, he was around in the 18, uh, he was 18, late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, but, oh, here it is. In 1912, he was the first to recognize there's a sequence of metamorphic mineral assemblages. So yeah. we used to talk as, about it at the bar. Yes. What? <laughs> Are you and George Barrow? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is a friend of the podcast. He is. Close personal friend. Um, and so we talk, it basically looks at index minerals, but it, it goes in line with, with this, this sequence of, of foliated metamorphic rocks we were talking about from, you start off with like uh, shale as a, uh, the sedimentary rock. And then it goes as, as you get into the metamorphic grades and you increase, and you increase your metamorphic grade, you go from slate, uh, phyllite, schist and, and nice. But it uh, also you see these uh, the change in your index minerals starting with chlorite, which is one of the micas that's your, in your lowest grade. Yeah, chlorite. Yeah, those, those are like greenish. It's, yeah, it's yeah, green it's like, mica basically. It's a clay essentially. Yeah, you go up into biotite, then garnet and kyanite and sylmanite. Did we talk about sylmanite yet? Yeah, we yeah, said we silly, yeah, yeah. silly manite. Yeah. So, anyways, so you, you can see, and this is uh, the Brevian sequence is from Scotland. Uh, that's what was first recognized. And um, you can just see uh, in this sequence of rocks uh, how the metamorphic grade increased. And I know you can see the Barovian sequence in New York. And it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It just shows yeah. you. Turns oh. out back in the day, Scotland and New York were not that far apart. <laughs> oh, shout out to our man, Alfred Veggs. Yeah. Thanks, Wagner. So, he personally um, pushed them together and then apart. He did. I, no, actually, I believe that was Wilson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every 200 million years. Yeah. Like right. the, the dude, that dude's arms are like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty jacked. Uh, so we talked a lot about foliated rocks just real fast. I feel like the non-foliated rocks never get enough attention because. Hmm. The, hmm. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Boring. <laughs> no, we talked about the non-foliated rocks like marble and marble quartzite. quartzite. Yeah. And then, um, uh, uh, <laughs> blanking right now. The, that's uh, about uh, it. No, no. The, uh, uh, so when shale, shale gets contact metamorphosed, turns into oh, horns fell. Horns fell. Thank horns you. Fell. I can't we did, we did yeah. talk about horn fells too. Yeah. Fells. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pretty sure we did talk about we didn't I guess we didn't uh, specifically identify them as non-foliated. Uh if you're big into countertops, oh, countertop episode. 
Oh, that was a classic. One of our most downloaded episodes. Yeah. Uh, Soapstone is a non-foliated metamorphic rock. That was right before. That was, I think, the last episode before Steve stopped pressing the record button. (laughs) Before the hiatus. So this is actually, this is episode this this is technically episode 600 but steve just <laughs> forgot to hit record uh yeah my he's looking but, right now I, I can see if he's trying to find it it's in the 30s episode brother, 37 ah see i knew it i knew that one i knew no that. Our, our technically our last one before i hit record was our listener question episode 38 that was in 2016 uh, i knew it was pretty close right to the uh yeah. kind of at the end there yeah um, it was about th- three Three years and nine months. I forgot to hit record. Sorry. Hmm. Ah. Uh, I'm happy that you learned how to press record again. I, you know, live and learn. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what do we, the I don't know any other non-foliated soapstone. Soapstone's a good one. It's pretty. Uh, my brother's countertop is soapstone. Oh, is it like? Can you like? You can like? Can you scratch it off? Uh, how soft well, is it? He put a seal on it. It's pretty. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. I would imagine you have to it's, definitely seal it. It's man. got a sweet vein going through it though, so it's. It's pretty cool. That's the thing, man. If I had a soapstone countertop, I'm going all in. Scratch it. Scratch give me some it wine less. stains. No, like, I don't me, care. Have, like, it's so soft. That's like, why right. when, when when people talk about like marble, don't get a marble countertop. Are you kidding me? Especially not with the amount of wine I drink. No. I, I'm just, I got wine and, and lemons. I'm just, I'm just dissolving it and staining it left and right. It's just wine. You're oh. drinking wrong. <laughs> Squirt it's not a tequila shot. I don't want to get, oh. I don't want to get scurvy. All right. <laughs> He's, haven't you gotten scurvy before? I, it's my big fear. No, we were worried about. Oh, you got the gout. You had the gout before, right? I, I did. Yes. He does have I, the gout. I have the that gout. That never goes life. away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so way to bring it up, Chris. But it's like amazing that he had the has the guy. I guess it never, yeah, that he has the yeah, gal. No, my my toe um, hurt yesterday. Oh, no, that's another drinking this beer. Another yeah. uh, uh, non foliated rock that we didn't talk about Greenstone. Hmm. Um, that comes from uh, metamorphism of mafic igneous rocks. You get a oh. lot of chlorite in there, epidote, and uh, hornblend, which makes it green. The Greenstone belt is uh some of the oldest continental rocks or yeah belts archean age yeah yeah old and then and then here we go full circle this is going to put jesse give him the biggest uh biggest grit on his face anthracite oh Oh, yeah (laughs) which back to coal i was thinking about it when we were talking about hydrothermal fluids because anthracite there's there's it's still sort of unknown you need inter- hydrothermal fl- i thought it, you, you're squeezing out the fluids with the well that's that's well the you, you're one of the thoughts it's there's still speculation about how exactly it forms yeah and one of the thoughts is you have coal or organic material that's getting buried and folded and during the folding yeah the the fluid gets it gets squeezed and it, it's it's heated and it passes through it and gets squeezed out but it's it's sort of heating it as it passes through mm. which drives off the volatiles and that's why anthracite is is so pure when it comes to carbon content relatively speaking interesting 
but it is, you know, it's always tough for me to consider it a metamorphic rock, but it is, I guess, technically metamorphic rock. Uh, well, I didn't know about this. Ooh. According to the greatest geology source, there you go. Other uh, than this podcast, carry on. Geology.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's right in the name. Lapis lazuli is a metamorphic rock. Oh, neat. Huh. There is a uh, castle in Germany, New Schwanstein, that has a whole room that is lined with lapis lazuli. La- lapis, yeah. It's, it's that super blue, awesome yeah. colored rock. It, um, uh, the new Schwan scene, that's like that Cinderella looking. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, but, that is a pretty rock. Holy cannoli. Look at yeah. that. Um, so and also it looks like just going through the, another one that we didn't mention. Noviculite. Mention anything about noviculite? Uh, anyways, why do I know noviculite? What is, what is noviculite? Well, it's a hard, dense, fine grained siliceous rock that breaks with conchoidal fracture. Um, comes from marine environments, from like basically diatoms. No, but I feel like they use it in like scientific research or something. Huh. Uh, I don't know what they what uh, the uses of noviculite. Are. No, noviculite is. Because it's very hard and dense, you know, it used to be used for like, it's almost like uh, flint or um, yeah. it used to be used for like arrowheads and things. Okay. Also known as Arkansas stone. Huh. Or Kansas stone. Or rotten it stone. It looks like it's like metamorphosed chert. Yeah. I don't really know too much about noviculite. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's used in the production of sharpening stones. Yeah. Also, as an additive in coatings, adhesive sealants, uh, because it's rich in silica. Huh. Okay. Now, all the listeners are rich in knowledge. Yeah. That's yeah. what we bring to the I'm table. Killing it today. I'm telling you. <laughs> I need a raise. Oh, that's right. We don't. I feel pay. like Chris isn't moving because he wants us to think he's frozen. <laughs> So no, just... no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. There's some uh, uh, mariposite. Um, it's from uh, green mica mineral, so I'm assuming chlorite. Um, and gold prospectors learn that gold is found where you found where you find mariposite. Well, but there's gold. gold. Gold is from quartz veins, and, and quartz, we're talking about yeah. hydrothermic fluid, hydrothermal, hydrothermal, Hi, hydrothermal so, fluids. I mean, most, is, oh, most, mariposite is an ore of gold. It says, yeah, most um, like most native uh, elements you find, like co- copper and say like sulfur, you're getting hydrothermally. Um, sulfur oftentimes you get from. Um, Volcanic vents. Yeah, gas to what's that called when it go when you go from a gas to a solid? Ah, uh, sublimation. Oh no, that's from that's, solid, that's from a yeah. solid, solid to a gas. gas. Uh, I guess just reverse sublimation. Yeah, just precipitation. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I guess, think it is yeah. just precipitation. Con- yeah. yeah, I guess it, con- condensation would be a be gas a to a liquid. 
Yeah. So I guess when you go from a gas to a solid, it is precipitation. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's just deposition. Yes. Precipitation. Anyhow. Never, um, never. I've never thought of that until this moment. Yeah. That's really weird. Huh. But um, uh, what, uh, and travertine we... and whatnot. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Is uh, hydrothermally, but I don't know if you would technically consider that metamorphic. That's not hot. That, that's always, in, yeah, travertine's always in sedimentary stuff. Yeah. Precipitation. But um, oftentimes you see copper in some of these hydrothermal. Um, yeah. Suits. We also, you know, amphibolite also always gets forgotten. Hmm. Not in that. Amphiboles. Like yeah. You yeah, get that a lot in a metamorphic rock crap ton of. Uh, Norman, balls, yeah. Northern Wilmington, you know, the Baltimore nice. The high pressure. Wish it, wish it and shit. Yeah, Baltimore nice is like super high pressure stuff. That's like super like end of the line metamorphism. Um, yeah. <clears throat> end of the line. That's what I say about it. <laughs> yeah. What do you say we call this? The end of this podcast line. No, Chris looks like he has 12 more things to say and I cut him off. Well, this is interesting. I'm looking at this. this. <laughs> oh, Scarn. Scarn. That's what I'm, I'm looking at right now. Yeah. yeah. Hell hath no fury. Coming. It's a non foliated rock coming from metasomatism. Metasomatism? semantics. I want to emphasize every syllable. You're going to get scorned from uh, carbonate rich rocks. Carbonate rich rocks or just carbonate rocks? <laughs> <laughs> Contact metamorphism, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Um, pretty rock. There you go. I have nothing else to say about metamorphic rocks right now. I've, I've said more than I've ever said about metamorphic rocks, even when I lecture about them. Nice. Yeah. There you go. See how you see lucky. what I did there? Nice. That ah. <laughs> joke number five. Ladies and gentlemen, you see how lucky you are just to listen to the geology flannel cast, and you've gotten an amazing chunk of knowledge thrown at you. We've conversed about this, and uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, yep. Thank you so much for listening to the geology flannel cast. We love you guys. Uh, love our listeners. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. We get a, we had a ton of emails uh, for, uh, you know, questions. We got the uh, people submitting geology questions, which our next episode, we're going to get to the listener questions episode. So we got, we got a bunch of them lined up. We haven't done that in a long time. I think when was it? I think we've, it's been over a year since we've done a, uh, listener questions episode i think we haven't done one since the reboot to tell you the truth uh our last listener question was episode 70 in november of 2020 wow i forgot about that one okay so it was listener <laughs> questions 4.0 uh 7.0 really we thought this, our, this we their sixth one was in november of 2020 we did we did, so, we, we did like two back to back i feel like that we doubled up there once right all right. Well, we're gonna to try to we're gonna to try to hit up as many as possible next for the next. We did, yeah. List, listener question four point then uniformitarianism, and then listener question five So this will be six No, then six was November episode seventy, which was November. Okay, so this will be set episode listener question. 
7.0. Shoo. There you go. 007. Um, well, I think we got some cool topics, uh, really neat questions. So if Yeah, you... some, of the, some of these questions are, I'm not going to lie, they're too hard. <laughs> you guys are like really pushing the envelope here. have you have you listened to us <laughs> all right i wouldn't go that right. no but uh, you know we we do love all the questions we appreciate all the questions please send us your questions your way but if you tell me like hey i stubbed my toe on this purple rock outside my house yeah we've got i'm gonna need that. a little more specifics <laughs> uh and or you know send a pic i don't know i want to see if your toe purple matches the rock that's purple anything so but seriously send us your questions uh we always love them uh check us out on patreon you can send your quick before before we go to patreon uh you can go to geologyfinalcast.com and and you can click on the listener question link there and send us your questions we'll get to them we try to get to as many as possible uh but there is a lot for this uh we, we kind of let them pile up so if we don't get to your listener question uh we apologize but there's there's a lot that we're coming in so send chris to- an angry email that says yeah. why didn't you get to my question you can do that or you could just be polite and just say well he's getting a lot of emails and <laughs> true <laughs> i yeah. understand what he's going through right now sometimes we um, just like to poke the bear but whatever <laughs> Anyways, you, you can send your Chris had a questions. bad day today. Don't, don't send him a, a bad email. Sorry. Chris had a delightful day. I don't know. What well, Chris had about. a delightful end to his day. Obviously. Come on. <laughs> but all right. Go ahead. Do your Patreon thing. Uh, no, it just if, if you want to help support the podcast, please, <laughs> please become a Patreon. Uh, check us out. Patreon.com uh, slash geology flannel cast. Um, we're on Twitter. Uh, I'm in charge of Facebook, so that's terrible, but I'm, I'm trying to get on top of it. Uh, Instagram. Jesse's in charge of Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and apparently nobody's in charge of Twitter. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. We're just three old dudes trying to trying to fumble our way through this uh, nouveau world. So, but uh, again, Patreon, if you want to help support the podcast, we also have merch on our website too. If you want to buy a mug, like Chris has a beautiful mug and the, the, right sitting right next to him. Oh my goodness. It's beautiful. Uh, my and, coffee tastes so good. I've actually used this, this purse. And, this and honestly, ever. we've had research done. It makes your coffee take 20, 20% better. So I think the new studies are saying 25% better, actually. Whoa. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not published yet. So we'll, we'll still not stick with our 20% better, but uh, allegedly it, it sounds like it's moving on up. So, yeah. and uh, the t shirts and uh, hoodies, you know, they make you look 100% cooler. And oh, that's, man. That's, that's, legit research right there you'll be so. the coolest person at your school slash work environment slash just walking down the street you know like, exactly like oh you listen you one of those rock guys cool that's awesome yeah cool yeah wear them to a conference send them our way love it anyway so tell all your friends august um we appreciate you guys listening and uh i guess uh take care and brush your hair i don't know what else to say Good night, everyone. <laughs> uh, see ya, Slater. Oh, oh killed it. Ba-da-ba-ba-dum-bum. Nice. Ah. <laughs> 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 end it. End it. I'm ending it right now. Bye.